Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to the first service of worship of Paisley St. George's Church. Welcome, whether you're here in St. George's Causey Side or watching via the live stream in St. George's Outreach Centre or in your home. These are two new names. St. George's Outreach Centre is what was the building of Glenburn Parish Church and what was Stowbray Kirk Building is now St. George's Cossyside. For those of you who don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Vary Bringen. I'm an ordained local minister and the Presbytery of Clyde has appointed me to be interim moderator for Paisley St. George's. It is intended that I will also be the locum minister and so will lead worship and provide pastoral care. I am very much looking forward with working with you all as you take the next steps in God's plan for his church. Now, I've introduced myself. I know you can't really introduce yourself, but maybe take a moment to have a wee look round and give folk a friendly wave. Worship will take place in St George's Cossey Side at 11am and will be live streamed via YouTube. And because of the restricted numbers due to COVID, the live stream will be made available in St George's Outreach Centre. Places for both locations will require to be booked. And for the moment, please book via the usual number on Thursday or Friday. If you don't know that number, then please speak to Muriel or Graham or myself or one of the elders, they should all be able to share that number with you. There are one or two more formal intimations. The Kirk Session of St George's is called to meet this Tuesday evening at 7.30pm via Zoom. Elders should already have received the link for this meeting along with the agenda. If you haven't received this, then please contact either Muriel or Graham. I would like to put together a rota of people who are willing to lead our prayers for others and those willing to read the scriptures on a Sunday. If this is something that you think that you could do or it's something you feel God is calling you to do, then please let me know either by phone or by email. And it is with sadness that I intimate the death of two of our members, Sam MacArthur and Senga Craig. And I would ask that you would please keep Sam and Senga's families in your prayers over the weeks and months to come. These are all the intimations. Jesus is alive. We, we are witnesses of these things. So let us worship God. We've gathered this morning as a new congregation. So let's worship God in junior praise number 17. Bind us together. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together with love. There is only one God. There is only one body made for the glory of God, purchased by his precious son, born with the right to be clean. For Jesus, the victory has won. You are the family of God. Bind us together, Lord. Junior praise number 17.
now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we gather together wherever we are as the new congregation of Paisley St. George's. We gather as part of your family, the church. Some have gathered in Cossyside, some in the outreach centre, some at home. No matter where we are, we are your people seeking to offer you our praise and our prayers, seeking to kneel at your feet and hear your word. Today, Lord, we come with mixed emotions as we look back to the past and look forward to the future. We're unsure of what changes will happen within the organisation of the church, locally and nationally. But of this, we are sure. You, Lord God, are the same yesterday, today, forever. You are God the Father, the Creator, who made us in your image and who loves us so much that you sent God the Son, our Redeemer. Our Redeemer who loves us so much that he gave his all that we might have eternal life. And God, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who breathes new life into us, empowering us, enabling us to be your church here in this time, here in this town. Generous God, you have blessed us with so much, and yet we still get it wrong. We choose wrong paths, we are misled, and we make mistakes. We speak when we should have held silence. And sometimes we say things when it would have been better to hold our tongues. Gracious God, in your infinite mercy, forgive us, we pray. Lord, we thank you that through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our sins are forgiven and we ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit that we may be strengthened to live as your disciples in the world today. And hear us now as we pray together in the words Jesus taught his followers, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. I'd like to share with you a short reflection from a publication called Spill the Beans, it's written, which is written by a number of ministers within the Church of Scotland. It's entitled Eureka. We were so slow to get it. When I look back at what happened now, I cannot understand why we were so slow on the uptake. But we were. We disciples, the chosen 11 as we were by now, Judas Iscariot departed. We should have been the first to understand but it felt like we were the last. The women came to us with messages from the tomb, unlikely messages, we thought. 
And we were still trying to process what we'd witnessed ourselves of that empty tomb. Then our friends came bursting in, having walked all the way to Emmaus and back again. Yet some of us, some of us just stared at each other in confusion and uncertainty, unable to grasp what was obvious to others. Have you heard the word Eureka? I've heard the Greeks use it down in the marketplace. They say it comes from Archimedes of Syracuse, some fellow good with numbers. I'm not so sure about that, but I love the word. It's perfect for how I felt that day, when suddenly the stories, the rumours, it all came crashing in on me as the reality, as the reality of what was happening came to life right in front of us. Eureka! Not content with chatting, showing us his scars, he then started scoffing our fish. We stared in wonder, fearful at first, then with that kind of elation that overwhelms you. Eureka! We thought we had it all buttoned together, that we were in control. But Jesus once again revealed to us the limitations of our understanding that his ways were far beyond our ways. And then came another invitation to be his witnesses as he explained to us his place in the pantheon of saints, the prophets and ancient songs, how it had to be this way. Slow, so slow we were to get it, so limited were we in our viewpoints that we needed others to help us grasp what was going on. May our Eureka remain with us, that moment of exhilaration and excitement shared with so many, never to be forgotten. Let's turn now to scripture to hear of that Eureka moment. This morning's reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 48. And I would like to share this gospel reading with you in a slightly different way. So I would like to invite you to close your eyes, sit back, relax as best you can if you're sitting in an uncomfortable seat, breathe slowly and steadily. Now, imagine leaving wherever you may be and travelling to the room where the disciples were gathered. Imagine yourself as part of the group. Look around. What can you see? What can you hear, smell, even perhaps taste in the air? If you reach out, what could you touch? As we journey back in the pauses, think about what Jesus' friends are feeling. Think about what Jesus is saying to us here and now. In the words of scripture and in the silences, let us listen for God's word. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost.
said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of grilled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. I wonder what passage of scripture Jesus would choose for each one of us. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now, just take a moment to return to the present, to wherever you are. We've stepped back in time and now we've returned to the present. So we continue our worship in hymn 530. One more step along the world I go, from the old things to the new, keep me travelling along with you. Round the corners of the world I turn, more and more about the world I learn. All the new things that I see, you'll be looking at along with me. As I travel through the bad and good, keep me travelling the way I should. Where I see no way to go, you'll be telling me the way I know. Give me courage when the world is rough. Keep me loving though the world is tough. And it's from the old I travel to the new. Keep me travelling along with you. Hymn 530.
I suspect I am not alone when I say that the past week or so has made me a bit anxious as the union of the two congregations grew, drew closer with so many decisions to be made, all made more challenging because of COVID and the inability to meet together face to face. I'm delighted that we can worship in person, but obviously disappointed that the numbers are restricted. I'm pleased that the two sets of buildings mean that there is a greater sense of fellowship as 50 folks can gather together in the outreach centre to worship via the live stream with the folks gathered in the Cossyside building. And it's good that folks are prepared to move out of their comfort zone and worship in a different building. I hope that that will continue and let us get to know more folks. In this morning's gospel reading, the disciples, well, they're worried and anxious and thinking of their fears. Well, that puts many of our fears into perspective. The gospel opened with the words of Jesus, peace be with you. We cannot share the peace with a handshake or a hug. We can say the words through our masks or we can sign the peace like this. Peace be with you. So if you'd like to do that, to share the peace, either quietly through your mask or by signing, peace be with you. Let's try that. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. May the peace of the, our Lord Jesus Christ be with this new congregation of St. George's. So the gospel reading, as I've said, began with Jesus' greeting of peace be with you. And it ended with these words of Jesus to his disciples. You are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these, to these things. Today, today we are witnesses. We are witnesses to the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His life, his death and his resurrection turned and is still turning this world upside down. Nothing about Jesus was as folks expected. Yes, his coming into the world fulfilled prophecies, but not in the way in which people expected. Remember, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was born a tiny, helpless baby to a young, unmarried girl. He was born in a stable, far away from extended family. He then was taken in the dead of night to a foreign country to live as a refugee in exile. As a boy and a young man, he grew up quietly, probably learning the carpenter's trade from his father. And then he was baptised by his cousin and God acknowledged Jesus as his own beloved son. Jesus, the promised Messiah, with the most humble of roots. And then, for Jesus, life was not easy, tested and tempted in the wilderness before beginning the three short years of his ministry. Ministry not spent in the temple or synagogue. Ministry not spent among the good and the pious. His ministry was spent as an itinerant preacher with what sounds like a raggle-taggle band of followers ordinary people. He travelled the country, welcoming children and women, 
going to those on the margins of society, not to the great and the good, speaking to the outcast and the sinner, healing and preaching and teaching, living and loving. All the time knowing that he is God's son, all the time knowing just what lies ahead for him. And then, and then knowingly journeying to the cross, hanging there between two robbers, a life lived and a life given up amongst those he came to serve and to save. This is Jesus. Jesus, the man who died for me and for you, the Son of God raised to new life for you and for me. The Son of God, not easily recognised by his closest of friends. And as we heard, he reveals himself to his friends. And as he reveals himself, he commands, the forgiveness of sins must be preached to all nations. Many folks listening today are listening because they would count themselves as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. Some folks may be listening who are not sure, like his disciples in today's scripture, who still did not believe. Christ opened their minds to understand scripture. May Christ open our minds to understand scripture. And as he opens his, our minds, may we follow his instructions to his disciples. Remember his words from the end of this morning's gospel. You are witnesses to these things. We, each one of us, all of us, individually, collectively, are called to witness to the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we come together as a new congregation, as Paisley St George's, there is ample opportunity for us to do so. There is a larger parish in which to serve, to witness. There is a larger team to work for Jesus. Each one of that team bringing their own particular God-given skills and talents. And there will be different skills, different ideas, different ways of seeing things, different experiences. There will be challenges, not least because of the restrictions of COVID. But throughout it all, God is with us. God will lead us. I'll be honest, I have no idea where God will lead his people in this place. But I'd like to share with you the story of a church in San Francisco. This church is a very mixed and inclusive Christian community with people of all ages and backgrounds. And it had become well known for a number of different things, one of which was its worship. A particular feature of the worship there was the joyful singing and dancing that takes place, particularly around the communion table. This church, though, is also well known for its community work and in particular for its food pantry ministry. I think we would say soup kitchen or food kitchen. But each and every week, the food pantry there distributes food to around 800 families in its neighbourhood. The inspiration for this came in the strangest of ways. It came from a journalist called Sarah Miles. Sarah had grown up as a dedicated atheist. She didn't believe in God or in Jesus, 
But early one morning, for no known earthly reason, she wandered into the church. She wandered into this church and joined in a communion service. She received the bread and the wine. And that experience completely transformed her life. She was converted there and then. She opened her heart to Jesus and she embraced a faith that previously she had scorned. But with that came an important discovery that the Christian faith, at least for her, wasn't all about angels or pious behaviour or even about being good. It was about people, real hungry people, people who longed to be fed, who needed to be fed. Before long, she'd turned the bread that she ate at communion into tons, literally tons of groceries, piled up and ready to be given away. And within a few years, she and the people of the church had started nearly a dozen food pantries in the poorest parts of San Francisco. Sarah went on to write a book about her experience called Take This Bread. In it, she writes, the mysterious sacrament turned out to be not a symbolic wafer, but actual food, indeed the bread of life. The emotional impact of that first encounter with Jesus in a communion service made Sarah Miles want to extend the life of Jesus through actual food. In a way, just as Jesus did himself when he appeared to his disciples and ate with them. I'm going to leave you with, two, with one or two questions. And the questions are these. What are we planning to do next? More importantly, what is God calling us, his church, his people, St George's, to do? How are we to bear witness? Amen. We look forward in faith, so let's praise God in hymn 237. Look forward in faith, all time is in God's hand. Walk humbly with him and trust his future plan. God has wisely led his people by his power. Look forward in hope, he gives us each new hour. Look forward in faith, the world is in God's care. His purpose of love, he calls on us to share. In our neighbour's need, the Lord is present still. He blesses the meek, the earth will know God's will. Look forward in faith. God gives us life each day. Go onward with Christ, his spirit guides our way. Now God lets us live within the sphere of grace. Trust ever in him. He rules over earth and space. Hymn 237.
And now we'll dedicate our offerings of money, time and talents to God. And I thought that as a new congregation, perhaps we might like to stand, if able, to rededicate ourselves to serving God. So if you would like, please stand. We stand before God as part of his church, Paisley St. George's, praying, all that we are, all that we do, all that we'll ever have, we offer now to you. All that we dream, all that we pray, all that we'll ever make, we give to you today. Take and sanctify these gifts for your honour, Lord, knowing that we love and serve you is enough reward. Amen. Please be seated. And now we bring before God our prayers of thanksgiving and for the world. Let's pray. To God who is revealed in the stories of the Israelites and the writings of scriptures, who cleared the way for the coming of the Messiah in the person of Jesus Christ, to you be all praise. To God who is revealed in the manger and upon the cross in the form of a man, who spoke of your love and lived his life according to the precepts of your kingdom, to you be all praise. To God who is revealed in people of faith through the ages, who witnessed to your glory and passed on what they believed to each and every generation, to you be all praise. As we give thanks for the witness of the first disciples, we pray for those witnessing today in difficult circumstances, those for whom it is costly, those whose lives are at risk, those who have had to leave their homes and families. We pray for the people of St George's as we seek new ways to witness in Paisley. We pray for our church locally and nationally, for our leaders and for ourselves, as we seek to find words that excite and engage as we seek to find new ways of being church, especially, we pray, here in Paisley, new ways to minister to a world in a hurry, to a world in turmoil because of COVID. And we pray for those who have witnessed terrible things, especially for children in war zones, in places of famine, in violent homes, and for those who have worked and are working in hospitals and in care homes. We pray for all those who are scarred and traumatised by what they have seen and heard and experienced. Loving Jesus, meet with them, hold them and heal them. We pray for people who are ill at home or in hospital for people who can no longer live independently and for all who are bereaved. Today, we remember especially the families of Philip, Duke of Edinburgh and the families of Sam MacArthur and of Senga Craig. In a moment of silence, we bring you our personal prayers.
loving Jesus, may all for whom we have praised, prayed sense your love surrounding and enfolding them. We pray for ourselves. May we go forward in faith to serve you wherever you lead us. We ask all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns and is worshipped and glorified with you, the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship with the hymn 352, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. My gracious master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad the honours of thy name. Hymn number 352, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing.
And now I would ask that if you're able, you would stand for God's blessing. Let us go full of hope and joy. Let us go knowing that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, loved and free. In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, go in peace, go in joy, go in love. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each one of you, wherever you may be, and all whom you love, this day and forevermore. Amen.